Praise God. We're starting a new series. We just came out of rest. How many of you were blessed by that last series, living a life of, of rest? Amen. The best rest of your life, the rest of your life. Man, that was a good series. God wants us at rest. He wants us at ease. He doesn't want us stressed out. He doesn't want us worried about anything. He wants us just to put our trust in him. He wants us to cast off all of our anxiety. And I think we'll see why in this new series. The new series is titled Perfect, Perfected by Love. Can you say that with me, church? Perfected by Love. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that as this word goes forth, that it will be none of me, but all of you, God. Don't let me say anything extra. Don't let me say anything too, too less, God. Don't let me have any fear of these eyes that are looking at me. Don't have, let me have any fear of hurting feelings when truth still needs to be told, God. I pray that healing will begin to happen through this series, God. We need to be perfected by love. Some of us have some hurts that are so deep that we've tried to cover up with other things. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be perfected by your love. Some of us are hurting right now. Some of us have lost loved ones or uh, been divorced or have heartbreak over our children, God. But may we be perfected by love. Some of us have addictions to things that we should not have. Some of us have lustful thoughts, God, that we should not have, but may we be perfected by your love. Some of us have bitterness and unforgiveness towards some people that have hurt us, God, and we desire to be forgiven by you, but yet we will not forgive others, so we still need to be perfected by your love. Some of us, God, don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves because we've been through some stuff. And uh, if, if life was fair, then this would not have happened. If life was fair, then I would have got the job. If life was fair, they wouldn't have died. If life was fair, I would have more gifts. I would have more talent. I'd be further ahead in my life by now. So we don't love ourselves for these reasons, God, that you died to prove that you do. So may you perfect our love as it relates to loving you, loving ourselves, and loving others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Perfected by love. Today's message is entitled, Freedom from Torment. If we were to be perfected by love, then we need to learn how to become free from torment. We need to begin to reject all fear. All right. Can you say this with me, church? God has not given me a spirit of fear. You got to understand that fear is an opponent. Fear is a trespasser. Fear is a thief of our joy and our peace. So if you have anxiety issues or fear issues, you still need to be perfected by love. And we must understand that fear allows torment to come into our lives. And sometimes we don't even know that we are afraid or we have fear living in us. So we're going to learn some things in this series, and I believe by the end of it that we'll have a greater revelation of God's love for us. Can you say this with me, church? God loves me. I love God. I love myself. I love others. Now, if we could say that and really mean it, and that be true, 
then we would know that we've been perfected by the love of God. Because that's what God, lo his love allows us to do when we receive of his love. It's to love him back. It's to love ourselves in the right way. And it's to love others. God is perfect and God is love. He desires that we also be perfect. But we must first be perfected by his love. So let's see who I'm preaching to today because I know I'm talking to me. How many of you know without a shadow of a doubt that God still got some work to do on you? Woo! I'm glad you raised your hand. And if your neighbor didn't raise your hand, just leave him alone. Leave him alone. Man, God's got some work on us to do. I don't care how long you've been saved, we still mess up. I don't care how much you love God, we still mess up. But we're in the process. Church, can you say process? We're in the process. Woo! the process of being perfected by the love of God. We're not there yet. We haven't attained perfection yet because Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example, and that's what we're striving for. And we really don't walk into perfection until we walk into the presence of God. But until then, we're being perfected. Say this with me, church. Lord, perfect me. Amen. So, we need to start with the foundations of love, okay? There's some questions I want to answer for you as we start this new series, and please come for the whole series, okay? So we have to start with this. Who is God? Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know that God is the creator. John 4.24 says, For God is a spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22 say this. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. What's his name? Jesus. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. Who descended on him? The Holy Spirit. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So a voice from heaven came, and that was the Father. So here we see that God is three in one. Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then a voice from heaven spoke. So we see God as Father, we see God as the Son, and we see God as the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4, 8 answering the question, who is God? But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love as well. Let's keep answering these questions. So why did he contact us? What is the God of the universe? What, what business does he have with us? Why would he contact us? Well, Genesis 1.26 says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So the reason he contacted us is because he made us. He is our maker, all right? So then how do we contact him? Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13 says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So how do we find God? You just have to pray. He will listen, 
and you seek after him with your whole heart. God, I really want to find you. God, I'm really hurting. God, I'm really lost. God, I'm really in the need. I'm crying out for you, God. He says, when you seek for me with your whole heart, I will hear you and I will, find you, I will be found by you. So then, what is love? John 15, 13, 14 say this. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. So to love is a willingness to lay down your life, to really love. For there really to be love in any relationship and in any format, there must be obedience and sacrifice. There must be obedience and sacrifice if it's really love. How is that true? Because if we love God, we'll obey God. And then if we love God, we are willing also to make sacrifices. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help this morning. So why does he love us? Okay, we know that God is love, but why does he love us? Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, says this, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So why does he love us? Because he's our father. He says, if natural fathers love their children, then of course the heavenly father is going to love his creation as well. Two more questions we need to answer before we go on. Why then would we love him? 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. How do we have eternal life? Through him. This is real love. Listen up. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's why we should love him, church, because he loved us first. He loved us when we were busted and disgusted. He loved us while we were still in sin. See, we are conditional. We won't love people till they get their act together, but not God. He loved us while we were still sinners. He loves you while you're angry at him, while you're upset with him, while you're frustrated. His love doesn't stop. Why? Because God is love. Then our last question is this. How do we love him? John 14, 15 says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Anyone who says that they do not love God, who they love, they love God, but they don't obey his commandments, they're lying. That's not what pastor says. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So we need to learn how to be perfected by his love. But first I need to show you, or the word needs to show us, our need to be perfected. All right. Because we've got some issues. Every single one of you, if you're breathing right now, you've got some issues. All right. We still need to be perfected by the love of God. Let's go to the word and see and, and put a pulse on this thing uh, on our hearts to see why we still need to be perfected. We're in Revelations uh, 2, 4, and I, lived, I use the New Living Translation, okay? Revelations 2, 4 says this. This is Jesus talking. 
But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. So what he's saying is, I'm not your first love anymore. Church, this is where we have to guard our hearts. This is where we have to be honest. This is where we, we, we need to remove our religious cloaks and say, okay, pastor is talking to me right now. The Holy Spirit is talking to me right now. I don't think I love God like I did at first, or at least I don't love God as much as I possibly could. Does that ring true for any of you this morning? Yes, it does. We, we, we can always love God more, all right? So that's the first thing that we need to be perfected in is sometimes God isn't our first love and we don't love each other as we should. Here's the second thing, our second reason we need to be perfected. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2 says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. So here's the pulse of the word of God this morning on our hearts that says we need to be perfected by love some more because as time increases on and the last of the days come, the Bible says that we will love ourselves more than we love God. And if we're not careful, we'll say we're not doing it. How many really want to know the truth about themselves? Amen. The worst place to find out the truth about yourself is on Judgment Day. I want to know way before I stand in front of God the truth about myself. So if I'm struggling with loving God first, I want to know now. If I'm struggling with loving me more than I love God, I want to know now. So we need to be perfected by his love. Let's go into the word right now. Matthew chapter 19 verses 16 through 26. Father, as we go into your word, I pray that you would expose us. Expose us, God. Expose us on earth. Let your grace expose us on earth. We don't want to be exposed in heaven. We don't want to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. So, Lord, I thank you for the grace in the name of Jesus Christ to get it right, right now. Allow your truth, God, to fix us, perfect us by your love as we hear your word in Jesus' name. I pray against pride. Let the spirit of pride be broken in this place in Jesus' name. Let none of us think that we are above this word because we still need to be perfected by your love. Let's, let's go. Matthew 19, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do? Church, can you say, I do? So we see that he was looking to fulfill righteousness on his own. What can I do? The whole world has it wrong right now, except those who know Jesus Christ. Everybody says this when considering going to heaven. Well, I've been a good person. I haven't hurt anyone. I feel like I'm doing okay. But that is not what gets us into heaven. The only thing that gets us into heaven is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. It's what he did for us that saves us, not what we can do for ourselves. 
That's very important to remember. Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which one, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, commit adultery, steal, testify falsely. You have to honor your mother and father, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, he says, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? So, number one, we praise God that he was obeying the commandments. And I think our revelation for this sermon or for this sermon series is, church, listen to me. This is not a beat down message. This is a message to say, I want to be perfected, right? Many of us are doing good. We love God, right? And when we mess up, we repent, okay? We've got that going for us. But then this man asks, but what else must I do? Church, that's a very important question. Don't ever think that you've got it all right all by yourself, right? So we've got to be willing to ask God to say, okay, God, I feel like I'm doing good here, but I want to be certain. What else must I do? Church, can you say this with me? What else must I do? Man, that's, that's when you ask it. This is where you ask that question. You ask that question on earth. You don't ask that question when your life is over and say, God, is there something else I could do? No, we ask that question now. Lord, what else must I do? Church, remember, the message is entitled Perfected by Love. It's going to cost us something to be perfected by love. All right, so let's see what Jesus said to him. All right, I got so excited, I, I fast-forwarded. All right, where are we, Lord? We are right here. Verse 21. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, church, he knows what we're missing. Your neighbor doesn't know. Your pastor doesn't know, right? But the Lord knows what we're missing in order for us to be perfect. And the only way that we can be perfect is to be perfected by his love. He says this, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. And what that could say is that his many possessions had him right? Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, Everything is possible. Church, say this with me. With God, everything is possible. With love, everything is possible. So that's how we're going to be perfected by God. We're going to be perfected by love. Amen? So where do we need to be perfected? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. What's wrong with us? What happened? It says this. The woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. 
Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Father, as I go into this, I ask for your help, Holy Spirit. Would you allow our eyes to be open? Would you allow our ears and hearts to be open as we go through these things that you desire to expose us in us? I also pray that condemnation stay far away from us. I pray that only conviction would have a perfect work in this time in Jesus' name. Condemnation says, that's, that's wrong with you. Stay away from me. God doesn't want you. Conviction says, that's wrong, but come to me so I can fix it. I will forgive you. I will restore you. So, Lord, may conviction and not condemnation come in Jesus' name. Amen. So, where do we need to be um, Perfected by the love of God. Number one, wherever we are not clothed by his righteousness. So wherever there's sin still in our lives, we need to be perfected by the love of God. Also, wherever fear and shame exist. So if you can look into your life and say, I am fearful of this or I'm shameful still about this, then we need to be perfected in those areas by the love of God. Wherever we have covered ourselves with our religion. So Adam and Eve sinned against God and they saw their nakedness and they put leaves over it. And I was just reading a book this week that said that was the first act of religion for them to try to cover themselves. So some people, some of us, we cover our sin with church. We do everything we want to do all week long. But then we come to a church service and think that this is our righteousness. I'm covering myself up with this. See, I'm a religious person. Or I cover myself up with religion because, look, I don't cuss anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't do this anymore. And we're just leaves after leaves after leaves. And that's not righteousness at all. Righteousness is a gift from God through the, the atonement of uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in the blood that was shed. Where else do we need to be perfected by the love of God? Where that, wherever there is weakness and no power over sin and Satan. So come on, church, you got to be real today. If you want true deliverance, you got to be real in this moment. So if, 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 if you in your life can say that I've got some weaknesses and I don't have power over sin and Satan in this area of my life, I struggle with lust, I struggle with addiction, I struggle with lying, then that means that we need to be perfected in those areas by God. Church, can you raise your hands this morning? Raise your hands. Say this to me, Lord, perfect me with your love. All right, church, come on, we got to get somewhere. And where we got to get to is heaven right? That's where we got to get to, not the end of the sermon. We've got to get to heaven, and the only way we get to heaven is to be perfected by his love. So wherever there is weakness and no power over sin and Satan, wherever there is hate and not love for God, self, or others, we need to be perfected, right? Some of you hate Democrats. Some of you hate Republicans. Some of you hate Michigan. God, is that a sin? Some of you hate a lot of stuff, right? And a lot of people, because they have wronged you. 
So you got to say, God, if there is any hate in my heart towards anybody on this world, because you know what? Close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. When, when you open your eyes, I want you to look around the room when I count to three. One, two, three. Open your eyes and look around the room. All right, back looking at me. Let me tell you something. Everyone you just saw, God loves. Even if you open your eyes in a room full of lesbians. Even if you open your eyes in a room full of racists. Even if you open your eyes in a room full of whoever, you will never see a person that God didn't show love to. And how did he show love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You will never lay eyes on another human being that God doesn't love. So if we look at people and we have hate towards them because the color of their skin or their political beliefs, then God perfect me. Remember, this is not condemnation. So don't feel like this is a message that beats you down. This is a message from heaven that says, hey, you're struggling with hate right now. I want to lift you up in that area. Amen. That's what conviction does. Conviction says, okay, I found something wrong in your heart. I'm telling you about it. I'm not condemning you about it. I'm convicting you so that you do this. Not this. Condemnation does this. Oh, no, I'm going to die with this sin. Something's so wrong with me. I'll never be right with God. But conviction does this. God, man, I'm struggling with this. I, I really need your help, Lord. Would you help me in this area? Amen? Let's keep going. Wherever there isn't, we're talking about being perfected by the love of God. We're trying to find out those spots in which we need help. Wherever there isn't a, sup a superiority over the flesh by your new spirit, you need to be perfected by the love of God. What does this mean? That since we have been made new in Christ, our new spirit should be dominating the flesh. Church, can you say dominating? Oh my goodness, I think God really, really wants to do something in here, not just today, but for all time. Listen to this truth. If you've been born again and your new spirit is not absolutely, absolutely dominating your flesh, then you need to be perfected by the love of God. My hand's up on that one. My hand's up on all of them, actually, right? We all need help in these areas. Let's keep going. Wherever there isn't the mind of Christ, whenever you have thoughts that aren't Christ-like, whenever you don't think about like Christ in certain areas, we need to be perfected by his love. And finally, I, I end with this one because God wants to take us somewhere. Wherever there is torment. Wherever there is torment, you need to be perfected by the love of God. So what is torment? Torment is extreme pain, anguish, the utmost degree of misery, either of body or mind. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would expose any torment in our lives, any areas, any thoughts in which the enemy has a channel in which to operate his torment. I pray now in Jesus' name that tormenting thoughts, God, they be highlighted, that everywhere that snake is trying to choke out the love of God in us, trying to choke out our peace, I pray now that he will be exposed in Jesus' name. 
Holy Spirit, expose the tormentor, God. Everywhere tormenting thoughts live, torments about our childhood, torments about our marriage, torments about abuse that we've suffered, torments about poverty. Wherever torment lives, God, wherever the enemy has made a, a rat nest, we pray in Jesus' name that he would be evicted by the power of God and that these tormenting thoughts that we can't control, that bring us condemnation, that bring us pain, that they will be released from us in Jesus' name. Amen. So what does torment sound like? Let's go to Psalms chapter 51, verses 2 through 4. This is when David sinned with Bathsheba, right? While he was doing it, while he was doing it, there was no conviction. While he was looking at her, bathed, no conviction. While he called her to the room, no conviction. While he impregnated her and found out that she was pregnant, no conviction. While she, he called her husband home so that they might spend the evening together, no conviction. When he said, okay, this isn't working, uh, soldiers, when the, the heat of the battle is on, I want you to withdraw from Uriah so that he can be killed, no conviction. It wasn't until the prophet Nathan came knocking and said, you know what? You are the one that have sinned. You are the one. And then the conviction of the Lord hit David so hard. And this is where this prayer came from. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Or it torments me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. That's how you silence the tormentor. That's how you silence the enemy. Wherever there is sin in your life, you need to say, God, I don't feel bad enough about this thing. I keep doing it over and over and over again. I have no conviction about it. And when conviction comes, the voice of the tormentor is silenced. Amen? Father, silence the voice of the tormentor. And maybe it's not that you committed adultery or had someone's husband killed. Maybe you just don't think highly enough of yourself as you ought to. Maybe you have self-esteem that is in the basement when God says, you know what? I have set you in heavenly places. You should not feel that way about yourself. Why are you so depressed all the time about yourself when I live in you? Why are you so depressed when I live in you? Why are you so down when I live in you? We are one. He loves us totally. So this is torment, and we have to be perfected by the love of God in these areas. Do you want to know what happens when you don't cast your cares on the Lord? Torment. Church, say torment. When you don't cast your cares on the Lord, they become your tormentors. These cares that you cannot fix, these problems that you cannot fix, they line up, and they're always talking to you, tormenting. How are you going to work it out? How are you going to fix it? What are you going to do? Why aren't you doing anything? Why haven't you done anything yet? Just these tormenting thoughts. Why? Because you didn't cast your care. You want to silence the voice of the tormentor in your life? Get rid of that care. Throw it as far as you can so that it will shut up and say, you know what? This is not my care. I'm going to give my care to the Lord. Church, say this with me. I'm going to cast my cares on the Lord. 
because your cares have voices. I wish somebody would write this down. Your cares have voices, and their voices are tormenting. And the older the care, the stronger the torment. Amen? Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, and this is the amplified version. There is no fear in love, or dread does not exist. But perfect, which is complete, full-grown, mature, love drives out fear. So what we have to have, church, is mature love. When love isn't mature enough and strong enough, it can't beat up fear. Ooh, I wish you could hear me on this. When your love is not mature, it cannot handle fear. So we need to be complete, full-grown, and mature in love so that it can drive out fear. Because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. Here's one major thing that this means. If you still presently, don't raise your hand, okay, at least in the natural, you can raise your hand in the spirit. If you are sitting here today and you still have a fear of going to hell, then you have not been perfected by the love of God. That's what this verse is saying. If you still fear divine judgment, then you have not been perfected by the love of God. And we need to be perfected. And what's that look like? Sometimes we fear to be loved by God because he sees and knows all. So if I love God, then I've got to show him all of me, but he already knows all about you. It's no different than, it's no different than when a man proposes to a woman, right? And then she feels like there's this dress I just got to fit in. Honey, he don't care nothing about you fitting in that dress, right? He loves you for you. And that's the way we come to God. Well, God, I want to love you, but first I want to fit and I want to clean myself up first. You can't clean yourself up first. That's what the love of God is for. He is the one that makes you clean. The next thing is we fear to love God like he asked us to love him because we might lose our desire. So here's another area we need to be perfected in our love. We know that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. But the reason we're scared to do that it's because sometimes he's not our greatest love. And sometimes we're going to have to give up some things back here that he doesn't like, but we still love. Sometimes we can't give him our all, but we know that that's what he asked for. So we need to be perfected and matured in our love to know that all this stuff that we look back for, all this stuff that takes the focus off of loving God completely, can't go with us when we die. So what would, what would be the profit of gaining all this stuff we put in front of God when we can't exchange it for our soul? Instead, he wants us to just love him with all that we have. Sometimes we fear to love our spiritual lives because we must deny our natural and carnal desires. And sometimes we have a fear of loving others because of selfishness. We don't want to love people because we're selfish. Because we've been rejected by people, so we build up walls 
When we say, you know what, I'm not loving anyone with my all anymore. I tried that once and it hurt me. Sometimes we don't want to love others because it creates codependency. And we feel like they're always going to use us if we love them. And that's the only reason people love us anyway is just to use us. And then sometimes we don't, we fail or struggle to love people because we don't feel like they're getting what they deserve. So some of us that have much will look at the person that's begging for food and say, you know what, I'm not giving them anything. Why don't they just go get a job? Not knowing that maybe they only have one change of clothes and can't get a job, not knowing that sometimes there's mental health issues or addiction issues and they can't get a job. So we need to be perfected by the love of God, which enlightens us and empowers us to love people like Jesus did. I think that's the greatest place where we see our weaknesses to say, if I'm not loving like Jesus, then I need to be perfected by his love. All right, let's finish up here. We're going to go to Judges chapter 16, verses 4 through 6, and we are just about done. I just wanted to share with you this story about Samson and Delilah and show you what can happen to us when God is not our first love and when we still need to be perfected by love. So we know that Samson was uh, a Nazarite, a child of God who was told, uh, his mother was told to never cut his hair. That was the secret of all his strength, to obey God. Oh, my goodness. Say this with me, church. Obedience was his secret to power. Obedience. So don't cut the hair, right? If you cut the hair, you lose the power. But as long as you're obedient to not cut the hair, then you'll have the power. So let's see what happened. When we love God, we obey God. When we love God, we obey God. So wherever there's a failure to obey God, there is a love deficiency, and we need to be completed in love in that area. Judges chapter 16, verse 4. Sometime later, oh my goodness, here's what happens over time. He loved God, right? But sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. Now listen to me, church. Delilah doesn't have to be a woman. It could be your car. It could be your job. It could be your children. It could be anything that you fall in love with that becomes an opponent to God. Let's keep going. Who lived in the valley of Sarek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. See, the enemy already knows what makes us so strong. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's your faith in Jesus Christ that makes you strong. Kimberly, can you come back for me? So Delilah said to Samson, oh, please tell me what makes you so strong. Let's skip to verse 15. We know that Samson began to trick her, right? And say, well, if you do this to me, my strength will be gone. If you do that to me, my strength will be gone. He did that three times. Listen to what happened in verse 15. Then Delilah pouted. 
How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him. What does she do, church? Tormented him. Torment has an assignment on your life. So wherever there's torment and wherever there's fear, I hope you catch this, Lord. Please let them catch this. Wherever there is torment and wherever there is fear in your life, it always comes with an assignment. We know the motives of the enemy to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let's keep going here. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Church, if you don't soon silence your tormentor, you'll give up your secret. If you don't soon silence your tormentor, you'll give up your first love. And that's the danger of loving anything else is that we begin to walk in, do, in disobedience. I see it happen all the time. Let's keep going here. Finally, man, I wish that finally was not there. I wish Samson didn't have a finally. I wish I didn't have a finally. I wish you didn't have a finally. Because where did this finally come from? She tormented him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So what's this sound like? Man, I know I shouldn't be worried about this issue, but every single day I think about it, and now I am depressed. I have given up my strength. Where does our help come from? The Lord. Torment is trying to steal your hope and steal your faith. So you give up your secret. You let go of God and say, okay, this must be the truth. I must not be any good. I must be poor. I must not be enough. You finally gave up your strength, but we can't go there. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God. Man, if, if we could just stop right there, that explains everything that happened. He was dedicated to God. We were dedicated to God. But something happened along the way to where we started loving something else more than God. I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent uh, for, for them, and we know that uh, they were able to tie him up and do all these things to, to, to him. And let's skip down to verse 21. It says this. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains, chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. So what was the assignment of the tormentor? He took his vision, he took his freedom, and his purpose. And all, in all those places lied his true strength. Church, do not allow the tormentor to come and steal your vision, your freedom, and your purpose. 
I know that maybe it seems like God has been slack concerning his promises towards some of you. I know you feel like you should be so much further ahead or you're allowing the enemy to beat you down in certain areas of your life, but it's time to silence the voice of the tormentor and say, okay, God, I give up. I give up my idols. I give up my other loves. I give up my devotion to sin. And I give myself back to you, God. So we see that if Adam and Eve had, would, would have been perfected by love, they would have had no fear of God having held something back from them. They wouldn't have taken their eyes off of him and their hearts off of him and what he had said. So here's what the enemy comes after, church. Here's why our, our, our lives need to be perfected by the love of God. The enemy comes after our eyes. Remember, guys gouged out Samson's eyes. So he wants us to lust, right? He wants to capture your eyes so that he can tempt you with lust, the lust of this world. The second thing he wants to do is he wants to attack your flesh, which will awaken carnal desires, the addiction to the lustful images, the addiction to lustful thoughts. He's coming to arouse that sinful nature back up again. And the final thing he's after is your heart, which leads to the pride of life and how you feel about yourself. But church, I've got some good news. Can you stand today? I want to end with some good news. Yes, there's work to be done. Yes, we're not perfect. We're in the process. Say this with me. I'm not perfect, but I am in process. I like that. You don't have to make it, but that would be a cool shirt. I'm not perfect, but I am in process, right? I am in process. What's process look like? I fall down sometimes, but I get up again. I'm in process. I'm not perfect, but I'm in process. I'm, I'm, I'm walking after him. I'm loving him with all my heart. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm not perfect, but I'm in process. So listen to what happened to Samson. Verse 22. But before long his hair began to grow back. Praise God. His hair began to grow back. So what we're looking for in this series is that our love began to grow back. Lord, maybe you haven't been first love like you should in my life, but I'm believing that my love's about to grow back. And Lord, maybe I've placed love in some other areas, but, and, and that's where my love needs to be decreased. But as my love decreases for the things of this world, would you allow my love for you to grow back? God, I've been short-tempered, and God, I've been angry, and God, I felt abandoned, and God, I feel like I'm not in the place I used to be with you. But Lord, I remember that Samson's hair grew back. So God, as time progresses and your grace towards me abounds, would you allow my love for you to grow back? We see that as his hair grew back, in his final act, he devoted his heart back to God by sacrificing himself and destroying God's enemies. So in Samson's death, he killed more Philistines than he did in the entirety of his life because his hair grew back. 
I'm telling you, your end is going to be stronger than your beginning, church, because your love is going to start growing back. I know that some of you feel that you have strayed far away from God, but I want you to know that he forgives you and he loves you. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So I pronounce that over you now in Jesus' name, that no matter how far you feel from God or how naked and afraid and ashamed and tormented you are at this moment, that he died for us while we were still in need of perfection. And it's only his love that perfects us. God, I thank you that your love brings us to perfection. I'm so glad you died for us when we were still sinners. That just shows me that at any point, my hair can grow back, that I can remember who my God is. I can remember my purpose. I can retain my vision and my purpose, God, and my strength, and all of my heart can again belong to you. We're looking for this to happen, Father. We're looking to be re devoted to you. So this is a hard message for some of you to swallow. And you might feel that you may never come to perfection in God's love uh, that he has for you, that you have for him or that you have for others. So how in the world will we ever reach the point of perfection or, or even attempt or strive for perfection? Philippians 4.13, our last verse today says this, and I want you to say it with me. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The, the way we're going to get through this, church, the way we're going to get through this is through Jesus. We must first admit that we can't do it ourselves. There's some people that have hurt you so bad that in your power, you'll never be able to forgive them yourself. But through Christ, you can do all things that strengthen you. Some of you might say, well, I've been addicted to alcohol or I've been addicted to pornography for this many years and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. But the word of God says for through Christ, we can do all things that strengthen us. So father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you now, and we are thankful in this moment. We're thankful that we are still alive. We're only alive because of your grace. You must love us so much to have not called our number or called our name when we weren't being perfected, when we still had, you still had work to do on us. We're still here. Church, say this with me. I'm still here. We're going to say it again. But after you say, I'm still here again, I want you to make a lot of noise and clap your hands and thank God for that fact, okay? Here we go. On the count of three, say, I'm still here, and then just give him amazing praise. One, two, three. I'm still here. Man. 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 So, so... What does that mean? It means you're still, you're not perfect, but you're still processing. And he is being merciful towards us so that we might be perfected by his love. Oh, Lord Jesus. 
If this message spoke to you today, I'm going to ask you to do something, those who can. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar to say, God, I am a work in progress, and I'm just taking steps of faith because the Bible says that faith without works is dead. I'm taking steps today, God, to say, you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up anymore about where I am because today I heard that I'm still processing, that you're still working on me. So if that's you, would you come to this altar? This, don't look around, just come. You just praise God that you are still here 